So, a traditional Jewish, Christian, and Muslim. Hi, Preston. <laughs> Hi, Kate. This is weird. A little bit. I love this. Um, the freedom. The freedom. We have a new mic set up uh, this week, which is fun. Hopefully, we sound excellent. Right. And yeah, hopefully, we sound excellent on today's episode of The, the Holy Watermelon, Watermelon Podcast. Podcast. You know what else I love, Preston? Santa Claus? Oh, I was going to say Christmas, oh. but. <laughs> Christmas! Um, would actually be more appropriate for this. Sure. So we're talking about some Santas that you used to know. <laughs> because Christianity just swept through and got rid of everyone's folk traditions. I guess Santa I mean, Claus isn't that well. Santa Claus is a Christian person. Development. But everything connected to him it seems, is entirely independent of that. And a lot of these things that you'll see in Santa Claus get incorporated from other older folk traditions. You say incorporated, I say stolen. Sure. Um, and we have some bad guys, too. In, in, oh, yeah. In our North American tradition, we don't really have a, a bad guy, per se. Right. Uh, but I mean, there of, was that time Tim Allen killed Santa Claus. That's true. Um <laughs> That's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah. I just like the North Pole part a lot. Sure. <laughs> uh, it warms my heart. Um, but besides Tim Allen uh, killing Santa Claus, we don't have too, too many. We don't have bad guys that work with Santa. Right. We're going to talk about in some of these cases. So. Not in our popular North American version of the story anyway. Right. Um. So where are we? Where do we want to start today, Preston? Just for fun, let's start with something familiar. Krampus. Santa. <laughs> Krampus. Yeah. Uh, he has had a recent resurgence in popularity. Yeah, he's all over popular culture now. It's great. Um, be, he's popular because he is a hairy, cloven-footed goat man with fangs and horns. You I know, think that's a big part of his popularity. That's what a lot of people aspire to be. <laughs> I mean, you see me on weekends, Preston. I'm not far off from a very cloven-footed goat man with fangs and horns on a Saturday. So Krampus is occasionally, though not always, a companion of Sinterklaas, also known as Santa Claus or St. Nicholas. Mm -hmm. Travels around giving wonderful gifts or beatings in the weeks leading up to Christmas in the Advent season. There are a lot of... Creatures. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Elves, demons, fey folk, companions. <laughs> none of those are the words I'm looking for, but that's okay. Um, that beat children this time of year. I mean, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so Krampus, and he's not the only one, will beat children with birch rods, or, and or he will carry children off to drown them? Eat them or take them to hell. Man, what a great deal. <laughs> what a great way to get your kids to comply. Way better than this elf on the shelf bullshit. Right? Oh, I feel like we should say, if you have kids listening, this might not be the episode for them to listen to. <laughs> um, yeah, that might be the, the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so some of the, the aspects that we have in the Santa Claus story, or alternatively... Some of these details might carry over to some of the other figures we're going to talk about. A lot of the concern about naughty and nice, more recently especially, comes from the Puritan discussion of, oh, the world is getting too secular. And during the wassailing that happens in the season, sometimes it's straight up home invasions. We need to discourage that. Casual sex is great in this cold season. And so... The whole naughty and nice thing is meant to discourage that as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Historians believe that the tradition of the Krampus dates back uh, as far as the 6th century, but there aren't any rec uh, written records until the late 1500s. Ew. Yep. And as I mentioned recently, mm -hmm. kind of in like the last, I'd say maybe 20 years, the Krampus has become very popular. Really popular. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to put that a lot to like metal music. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> People are like, this is fucking cool. Right. He's way better than Santa. Krampus is 
metal. <laughs> it is metal. So now there's Krampus parades all over Europe, and I mean, there there historically has been these parades, but you're definitely seeing a lot more of them on social media, and more and more people are thinking they're fantastic. <laughs> so switching maybe to a Santa figure to start, just to, for a second, I guess. In Russia, <laughs> Mother Russia. Uh, before they adopted the red as a national party color, <laughs> there was Dead Moroz. His name translates to Grandfather Frost, and this tradition actually predates Christianity. But we'll see that Christianity sure like borrowed <laughs> a lot of stuff from him, colonized, stole. I don't know if colonized is the right word. Stole, maybe. Yes. So he is pictured in red, as Preston mentioned, or blue. Right. And blue and white or red and white with a long white beard and a staff, sounding pretty St. Nicholas-y. He also drives a troika, which is basically a Russian chariot with three horses. Ooh. So it doesn't fly and it's not reindeer, buddy. It's something. Yeah, this feels like it definitely informs the modern American Santa Claus. Absolutely. Now, St. Nicholas did wear red occasionally as a Catholic bishop. We'll get onto that later. But I feel like the Santa Claus that we know and love today, He's the red does Russian. more likely come from this tradition. Well, even the North Pole concept, yeah. which I didn't read oh. anything on, but Russia's pretty far north, though the North Pole is in Canada. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Santa is Canadian, folks. Um, <laughs> uh, he has yeah. a Canadian passport, but he's not from here. <laughs> I guess so. He's from the land of the fairies. One of America's favorite immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Morose is helped by his granddaughter, Snegorochka. Might not be a faithful pr- pronunciation, but I tried. Uh, the name translates to Snow Maiden. I was also reading that it's really interesting for this character to have a young female companion. It's not seen anywhere else. They have elves, they have their Krampus or their Black Peter, which we'll get into Black Peter in a minute. Oh, yeah. But it's unique for them to have a little girl with them. Yeah, that's uh, the polar opposite. Yes, yeah. (laughs) In the early years of the Soviet Union Christmas, and therefore Dead Morose and his granddaughter were actually banned. Yeah, got to get rid of any tradition that says you can rely on anybody other than the state. Right. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. And religion was all banned, too. Do you know what my favorite Christmas Eve tradition is? Tracking Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're North American, you haven't done this before. NORAD. And I forget what NORAD stands for. It's like North. It's our airspace defense group. Yeah. Anyway. It's like military adjacent. <laughs> uh, but they track Santa on Christmas Eve, so they'll tell you where in the world Santa is as the time goes by, and you can watch him get get to your time zone. Tax Canada. dollars hard at work. Our tax dollars hard at work. So Glossnas, the Russian equivalent of NORAD, um, currently tracks Dead Morose, which I think is adorable. <laughs> there are some ways they've gotten better since the fall of the Soviet Union. Not banning dead morals anymore is one of those good things, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. There are downsides. Also, yes. <laughs> so, dead morals has a palace in Russia that you can visit, and the location receives thousands of letters every year. That's it's pretty awesome. cool. It's really pretty. Imagine a log, winter log cabin, but a palace mm. from Russia to Iceland. You know, close neighbors as they are. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let's see if I can say this name. Yolas Vaynar. That was pretty good. As long as you don't pronounce the J as a J. Right. You're pretty good. Yolas Vaynar. The jolly Sviner. <laughs> Yolas Vaynar. 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 Yolas Vaynar. That's how I'd say it. Yolas Vaynar. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I was pretty close. If you're Icelandic, let me know. <laughs> Send us an angry email with this butchering <laughs> of your native tongue. So anyway, <laughs> if you're into Santa Claus, you'll probably love Yolas Wiener. Because there isn't just one, there's 13 of these bad boys. <gasps> so they're often called the Yule Lads or Yule Trolls in English. I like troll based on what I know what about these seen? fellas. And we're going to continue to call them Yule Trolls instead of trying to say... Yeah, there's, there's no need to continually yeah. embarrass ourselves. Yeah, so cool <laughs> trolls. 
<laughs> um, the first mention of these Yule trolls dates back to the 17th century. So there's a lot of history behind these fellows. Mm -hmm. Icelandic people love elves and trolls. Absolutely. It's not even a little bit surprising. Um, interestingly enough, especially because Iceland feels like a country that's been very... Um, like separated sure. just geographically. Yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, these Yule trolls have big white beards. Uh, but instead of red suits, though more modernly you can find them in red suits, they wear like peasants' clothes. Sure. Like a Belschnickel or a Krampus. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, they take turns visiting children for two weeks, 13 nights leading up to Christmas Eve. They, if you if you got bad kids, you you've got two weeks to just ruin their lives. <laughs> yes, but the way they ruin well, your lives are ruined is not nearly as bad as a Krampus. Right, just a little bit at a time. Yes. <laughs> um, so other European traditions, kids will leave their shoes out to be filled with treats and presents, and the trolls will do that. A little sturdier than the socks that we hang from our mantles. Right, um, but if you're bad, you actually get a rotten potato. Rude. <laughs> Which I actually love because sure. coal is useful and expensive. Right. Maybe back in the day, coal <laughs> was upsetting, but now with fuel prices. Coal has always been useful. That's true. I mean, not exciting for a small child. No, it's, it's a, a terrible parent, toy. <laughs> a parent, I wouldn't waste coal on a child. Right. <laughs> so, a rotten potato, though. I have one in my basement. You mentioned last time you were here, you said your potatoes are getting soft. Maybe it's your... <laughs> You will lad. I will watch press. myself. <laughs> <laughs> so these Yule trolls are really quite mischievous, and their favorite pranks or harassments relate to their creative names. And so to be clear, one comes every night and then stays until all 13 are there, and then they start to leave in the same order that they arrived. So you will be plagued by these Yule trolls from December 12th all the way through to January 6th. Yes. They say a nice <laughs> long time. Um, I'm trying to decide if we attempt the Icelandic names or just get oh, there. Oh, we do have to. Okay. I, I feel like people don't hate what, listening to us butcher these names as much as we, we might fear. All right. So we'll take some turns. All right. Take it away, Preston. So the first, uh, in English, it was the, the sheepcoat clod, which in Icelandic, is at least something relatively <laughs> close to Stekjarstaur. And he harasses sheep, but he also has a little impediment with his stiff little peg legs. Aww. <laughs> uh, the next one that we'll visit you is Gully Gok or Gilyargaur. Gilyargaur. And he hides, <laughs> Gully Gok, he hides in gullies and he will sneak into your cow shed and drink all your cow's milk. Which was a real problem back then, more than the inconvenience it is today with your breakfast cereals. <laughs> I mean, I imagine now they just sneak into your home. As well, yeah. Your if, if he's after milk, he's yeah. coming into your house. Now you have a home invasion. Well, <laughs> he's not the worst one, so. <laughs> All right. December 14th, we get Stufer, the stubby in English. Stufer the stubby. <laughs> I love that. He is abnormally short. For a troll feels impressive. Right. I mean, trolls famously have a range of heights, but this fella? Abnormally sure. You'd notice, if you were lucky enough to see him, he steals pans to eat the crust left on them. So if you really don't want this bother, it feels pretty avoidable. Also, if someone's cleaning my dishes for me, I don't, some of these, I'm like, I don't know if these are bothers. Because <laughs> I, this next guy too, his name is Spoon liquor. And we don't have this letter in our Canadian That's alphabet. a thorn. What does that mean? Thvorserliker. Um Spoon liquor. He steals <laughs> and licks wooden spoons. He's extremely thin due to <laughs> malnutrition. That makes me sad. Um, but also, if you're going to lick my spoons, that's just one step in washing I don't need to do. So. A little piece of me wants this narrative to go that... He, he finds your, your drawer or your cup, however you store your cooking utensils, and he licks the clean no, ones. Oh, I don't like that. And doesn't let you know that they've been licked. Oh, see, that's worse. Yeah, that's much worse. Yeah. 
<laughs> but if you want to help out with the malnutrition, maybe leave your spoons dirty, dirty. on the 15th of December. Right. <laughs> the next one is Potascophil, or Pot Scraper. He steals leftovers from your pots. So far, we're just talking about a bunch of folks who are really quite hungry. <laughs> and like cleaning your dishes. Again, I hate... This is the weirdest thing with my poor husband. I hate putting away food after we've cooked. Sure. It's my least favorite chore. Okay. So I hate putting away leftovers. Um, <laughs> and you don't eat much leftovers. And we don't eat a lot of leftovers. So I don't actually know if Potscafil is a problem. <laughs> I look forward to seeing him on December 16th <laughs> in, in our house. Okay. Um, <laughs> on December 17th, there's another hungry guy named Askaskaliker. Askaskaliker? Ooh, bowl liquor. Ask us liquor. Ask us liquor. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm trying. We're it's... trying really hard, guys. <laughs> uh, but it translates to bowl liquor. And he will wait for someone to put a dish down on the floor. He hides under your bed. And then he will steal it. So when you're being lazy, hiding in your bed, or sleeping in your bed. I also imagine couches work, too. And you put that bowl on the floor, he'll just... So I think an asker might look a little bit more like... Maybe the porridge bowls I had as a kid, the bowl that has a lid. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe maybe if he gets brave, we're talking about a whole Dutch oven. I don't know. But, yeah, if he steals them, that's a major inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> also, lots of children are afraid of things living under their beds. That is literally his story. Yeah, <laughs> and he steals stuff from you. So. All right, next on our list, we have Hertha Skeller, or the Door Slammer. He likes to slam doors, especially during the night, to wake people uh, up. Yeah, I don't like this one. A, it's annoying, and B, terrifying. Um, I mean, I think it can't be both. It, it either starts out as terrifying, <laughs> and then you get bored of it, and it just gets annoying. Fair. Or it's, it starts out as like annoying. They, they make horror movies about this. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next night, December 19th, you're going to get Skirgamur, which I love. Uh, it means skier gobbler. Um, and he just likes skier, which... Yogurt. He's yogurt. Now, <laughs> you can buy skier now in the grocery store, but maybe five years ago, people were like, what's skier? Right. Uh, but it is like a Greek yogurt. Anyway. Just from the opposite end of Europe. Opposite, yeah, <laughs> north. Uh, skier gobbler. So he's, he's eaten. He's eaten. Yeah. The others aren't. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like he's going after the stuff you leave out. He will open your fridge for the skier. Oh, this is going to be tough. Good luck. <laughs> um, Bugnekraker. Bugnekraker. That's how I would say it. Bugnekraker. The sausage swiper. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for you. <laughs> he hides in the rafters and snatches sa sausages that are being smoked. I literally have a friend like this. I think a lot of people might. <laughs> <laughs> a friend that just likes sausages too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Maybe don't be smoking sausages on the 20th. That's the day you're at risk. Well, okay. That's the day he shows up. Yeah, then and then take a two-week 13 week break. weeks after. <laughs> or 13 days after, excuse me. Um, yeah. There's also a glugagager. Glugagager. Meaning window peeper. Oh. Um, not as bad as a peeping Tom, though. He is a snoop that is looking for things to steal. He's casing your house, not... Yeah. Being a pervert. And, I mean, over the course of the two weeks, he's probably he, going to steal yeah. something. Yeah, not just, and not see just something. New. Well, yeah, for sure, see something. But that's not his goal, is to see something. His goal is to steal. Yeah. It's not a pervert. <laughs> the next one that shows up on the 22nd of December is the Gatathufer. Gatathufer. Doorway sniffer. Mm, that's <laughs> concerning. Yeah, um, he has what they describe as a, a very large nose and a very good sense of smell so that he can find leaf bread. Lambus. Which I like to think of as maybe like your beatniks. Oh, thank you. So he might be coming for your beatniks. Okay. And his nose will lead him to the bread he's after. Okay, so beatniks for our listeners that aren't <laughs> Ukrainian. Uh, it's a poor Ukrainian dish. And you take your beet leaves from your garden, which are actually super delicious, and you wrap them around bread dough, and then you bake it, and it's outstanding. It is a wonderful treat. Anyway, on the 23rd, you're going to get Ketakroker, 
Which translates to meat hook. And what a horrifying title to bear. <laughs> yes, this one is, I think, the scariest of them all. He uses his meat hook to steal meat. Yeah. As, as advertised. <laughs> <laughs> and on the eve of Christmas, we get the last of our Yule trolls. We get Kerta Snicker or the Candle Stealer. You know, for the night that you leave out all your candles. Yeah. Um, huge, huge pain in the ass for sure. He follows children in order to steal their candles, uh, which were once made out of tallow. So he would eat them. Just give these guys <laughs> some food. I kind of feel bad. Though. Yes. All of these trolls are just hungry, hungry boys. Aw, <laughs> poor things. Um, I didn't do too much digging, but they also have a Yule cat because we're doing Santa adjacent things. So I didn't dig yeah. into the Yule cat, but the Yule cat sounded pretty fucking cool. Well, and the Yule goat was actually the gift bearer. Well, we're going to get to the Finnish Yolapuki. Perfect. That's the same fella. Same fella. All this Scandinavian tradition. So lovely segue. Take it away. I mean, the Finnish aren't technically Scandinavian, but they so very often do get lumped in with That's Sweden true. and Norway. Um, but they're, they're all on the same. So Finland is, is that bit that's right next to Russia between. That's still attached Between to the... Sweden and Russia. Yeah. Sweden. And so. They they do border Sweden. Because there's three at the top. Yeah. And then another one that gets lumped in, which must be Finland. Yeah, and they look kind of like three fingers on yeah, your so map. Yeah, so it's the third one. Sweden, Sweden, Norway. Sweden, Norway, and Finland. And Finland. But, and so Finland, very odd. And the, the style of its flag, everything about it in a cursory geography class says, yeah, obviously this is part of Scandinavia. Their language is different. Their culture is different for the most part. But there are a couple of things that they share with Scandinavia, too. Definitely not their language. <laughs> but they do have the Yolapuki. Yes. Uh, which is the Christmas goat or the Yule goat. Um, and it has Finnish origins. And it's now pretty synonymous with Santa Claus. He has changed quite drastically. It is a goat. <laughs> it is originally a goat. But now you can see it's just a man in a red robe and a beard. Um, and... It's often, he's often symbolized by the, you'll see like straw or wicker goats that have become very popular in North America. Ikea has them right now. But they're a symbol for this Yule goat. But to see him now, he kind of looks like Santa. To see him. I think we've got ourselves an anamorph situation. Absolutely. <laughs> to see him 100 years ago, fucking horrifying. <laughs> he does have, um, he also does reindeer, the reindeer thing, but his sleigh does not fly. You don't need to fly when you're only dealing with one small nation with very few people living up in the north. That's true. I put some pictures in our notes for Preston. Yeah, we're going to have to discord with these later. Horrible. These are haunting. I know. Present day pictures of him versus old pictures of him are vastly different. So mm -hmm. how did he start out, Preston? Well, originally he was a very ugly, scary fella designed to terrify children. How do I describe what I'm looking at? Massive horns, long shaggy hair, and just monstrously tearing animals apart. Uh, there's one picture that we have that he's boiling a child and that he has what I can only believe is a sack full of children. Oh, that's definitely a child in that bag. Yes. For sure. I also found it very interesting that the Yolapuki receives thousands of letters a year, just like Santa or Dead Morose. But he gets... I'm. I mean, I'm sure they do too, but he has them from all over the world. That's they like great. track. They said that he gets letters from over 200 different countries. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot more than That's 200 true. countries, so this then is that great. might be the wrong stat, <laughs> but a lot of countries. That's great. I know in Canada you can send letters to Santa Claus, and his postal code is ho ho ho. Yes. Um. H o h o h o. Yeah. Santa Claus, North Pole. Yeah. That's all I have to do. And I don't think you have to put a stamp on those, do you? I don't know. Um, though, if you're going to send a letter to the Canada Post Santa Claus mailbox uh, from outside of the country, you probably, I, I would say with certainty, are going to need to put some postage on that. All right. Let's go back south. Let's go to Romania. What do we have down there? Uh, we have Mascarilla. He's an interesting fellow. <laughs> he filled the gap. During the Soviet regime, <laughs> when you weren't allowed to have Santa or Dead Morose. There's actually, like, he was literally only around for a couple decades. I don't think he got a lot of popularity. He was used in Romanian communist propaganda. 
His name translates to Frostman. <laughs> so instead of Dead Morales' grandfather Frost, this is Frostman. Uh, That's great. <laughs> and again, it was to fill that gap. And he is depicted as a young, strong, bare-chested... The, the perfect model of a great communist Santa. man. No beard, just like... <laughs> can imagine like a Richard Armitage as Santa <laughs> and shirtless. It's amazing. Uh, but after the fall of communism, most people went back to Santa and Ed Morales. Yeah, abandon... The weird communist propaganda with the country. Yeah. Makes sense. So that's just a little interjection. That's all we got on him. But <laughs> I thought he was hilarious. Very, very nice. Um, another one that I find hilarious. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I struggled with this one. I literally put in the notes that I'm trying not to judge other people's cultures. But we're going to talk about the Christmas poop blog. <laughs> Tio de Nadal from Catalan. Um, all the... The Catalan and our Aragonese countries, not just these two, but they're, they're close neighbors that aren't Spain and France. They're big fans of this fella. Ah, uh, yes. The Christmas poop blog brings gifts to children. Um, I feel, without having Googled this to see if I'm right or not, but this is my hypothesis, that Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh from South Park, from like, 20 years ago, more than that by now, actually, uh, was inspired probably by Tio de Nadal. Um, what a wonderful treasure. <laughs> right? I don't want to judge other people's cultures, but I feel like this is something I might want to incorporate into my Christmas tradition. I think you should. So I, I took this straight from Wikipedia, okay. cite my sources, because it was just like the perfect summary. <laughs> That I was like, there's no way I can reword it in a better way. Okay. So, Lay it on me. Beginning with the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December 8th, one gives the Tio a little bit to eat every night, and they cover with a blanket so that he will not be cold. Remember, he is a fire log. The story goes that in the days preceding Christmas, children must take good care of the log, keeping it warm and feeding it, so that it will defecate presents on Christmas Day or Eve. <laughs> He's a literal log that will poop out, like, I read, like, nuts and nougats and chocolates and tiny... That is wild. Yeah, again, I, I don't want to be critical, but that one is wild <laughs> to me. <laughs> and yeah, so if you Google it, there's just, like, pictures of logs wrapped in blankets. What a wonderful <laughs> What a wonderful world we live in. And there's ones where there's like faces on him, and like like right, like Rudolph noses, mm -hmm. and like they put faces on him. And let's take a look at the Saint Nicholas fella now that we've postponed it for a whole half hour. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicholas was born in Mira in what is today Turkey. Tradition tells us it was March of two seventy C.E. Um, and then he died six December. 343 C. Nice long life back then, 73 years. Yeah, it wasn't weird to live to 80. That's uh, true. If you weren't going to die in combat or die before you were six of malnutrition or any other natural causes, it was perfectly reasonable to live to 80. That's true. The reason life expectancy was so short is because so many people died before they were yeah. six. Child mortality and warfare. Yes. Um, yeah, saying that it was weird to live past 30. Not terrible misrepresentation of reality. Very little is known about Nick's life. Most of what we have are legends that were recorded centuries after his death. You know, like most of the Christian saints that we've talked about on this show. <laughs> Do we have any weird relics for him? Probably. So, I mean, his whole skeleton is... I think it's split largely between two churches, but there might his. be more. Right, yeah. Air quotes. <laughs> His whole skeleton. Uh, they did build a church in Mira to him about 200, maybe a little less than 200 years after he died. And his skeleton was supposed to be there. It may or may not have been his. Hard to prove at this point. And then later on after it was destroyed, they took the big bones to, I want to say Venice? Mm -hmm. I'm going from memory right now. 
um, to another city for sure. Um, but left the small bones behind because no big deal, I guess. Weird, but yeah. But I don't think we have any of St. Nicholas's blood or any weird things like that. I think it's just his bones. So Nick became the Bishop of Mira after he made a pilgrimage to Egypt and Palestine. Uh, Diocletian had him jailed, but Constantine had him released. Because, um, you know, Constantine liked the Christians and said, hey, maybe all these Christians that we've got in jail, we should let them out because Christianity is not so bad. Because when Christians didn't have political power, they weren't so bad. <laughs> Fast forward. <laughs> uh, troubling times. 1,700 years. Yeah. Anyway, um, as bishop, there are stories of him physically beating heretics. Um, oh. You know, and by heretics, I mean people with slightly different theology. Okay. Um, Nick really hated the Arians, and there is a... I want to say dubious article. It is very unlikely this is based in reality. But the article that was written a thousand years after Nick's death has him slap either Arius himself or one of his followers in the First Council of Nicaea. And this story later on expanded, grew legs and horns, and um, it became a full-on... He punched Arius in the mouth, wow. ended the argument. Um, he was defrocked, thrown in jail... Jesus and Mary show up to him, and Nick is like, I'm in jail because I love you. And so Jesus just accepts that explanation oh. and gives him his priestly clothes back, makes him bishop all over again without telling the Pope, of course, <laughs> and then frees Nicholas from jail so that he can tell the Pope. I was literally waiting for, <laughs> I can't believe Jesus called me a dick. Because <laughs> that's what he should have done in that situation. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. Um, Nick is also credited with other great miracles. Uh, he raised children from the dead after they had been abducted by uh, this terrible, terrible butcher who decided he still needed to make money during a famine. So... He pickled three children and cut them up in some sort of way that they could be they could deceive people into thinking that they were pigs. Long pig. Yeah. Um, there's a lot about the human shape that makes it hard to disguise. <laughs> Again, I we've had this conversation off air. I fully believe the texture of pork is the same texture as a human would be. I'm willing to believe that, but that's why I only can because when you bite into ham that's too thick. I just inherently know in my soul that's what a human would. Uh, the good old Yule swine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so good old Nicholas sees this going on, reprimands the, the butcher. and Some stories might go a little bit further. And raises these three children from the dead. Um, I don't know what shape their bodies were in while they were pickled. Briny. They were, at minimum, very briny. They probably were decapitated. If you're going to try and fool somebody, I mean, everything about this story feels just I mean, they gotta unbelievable. Be, they fully gotta unbelievable. be in chunks so they look like ham. Right? Okay. It's fully unbelievable. But Nick makes them whole again, and now you've got happy children singing and dancing and singing Nicholas's praises. What a weird set of miracles. That whole thing is... Wild. Mm -hmm. And somehow, it's more believable to hear the story that he cast the demon out of a tree. That feels like a waste of time. Like, who's that demon hurting? <laughs> right? <laughs> Unless it's like an apple tree and it's killing all the apples, but there's other apple trees. Right? Who's this demon hurting? Nobody but himself. Right. I just... The story on this demon in the tree is a little light, unfortunately, in the... The useful details. But good old Nick made it better. <laughs> and of course, there's loads of stories of him sneaking into family homes and or orphanages to give gifts to children. That's a nice story. It is nice, right? It's a lot better than him abusing physically people with slightly different theologies than his own. <laughs> All of this is where we get the old Saint Nick as Santa Claus. Um, Santa Claus being 
on much easier way to say Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. From Central Europe. Um, and then, of course, there's places like England that just know him as Father Christmas. So, as our design expert, mm -hmm. that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. <laughs> Good choice. Where do we get this image that we have of the modern Santa Claus? Well, from the second half of the 1800s, Preston, Thomas Nast is one of the first cartoonists to define Santa's image, um, including his North Pole home. Ooh. Clearly, he stole it from other places. <laughs> well, yeah. This, we're talking about works, gathering other works. And then interestingly enough, and I love this, um, Coca-Cola in the 1930s had art, the art of Haddon Sundblom. And he's the one who really completed the look we know now. So that's crazy to me. There's some great advertising campaigns that people don't even realize are advertising campaigns. And right? Santa's one of them by yeah. Coca-Cola. So, Did you know Pepsi ripped that off and tried doing their own Santa Claus thing? And it didn't work? Yeah, it did not last very long. Um, <laughs> another one that I love is, this is not related to Christmas at all, but Razors. Beck realized that they could sell to the other 50% of the population. And it was an advertising campaign telling women that armpit hair was gross. Um, and then eventually leg hair. And that's why European women for the longest time didn't shave either. Because it was a North American advertising campaign. And it's something we still follow to this day. Thinking that we need to shave our legs and armpits. Because Bic told us to in the early 1900s. Also, Bold. the diamonds forever are forever thing as well. Diamonds are super fucking cheap, but right. there's a whole ad campaign that told us that's the only way you can tell a woman you love her. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Ridiculous. excuse me for that little <laughs> diversion. Uh, Louisa May Alcott of Little Women fame uh, is credited for being the first to say that Santa has his army of elves building toys, and that was in 1850. I looked into that a little bit. That book never actually got published. Cool. Um, but Not she cool, did but. go on later to say, uh, get into another book a few years later. I mean, it's just cool that so much of it is, I mean, all of it's borrowed, but <laughs> some of it's truly manufactured. That's not yeah. from folklore. It's like, yeah, it's just a story that somebody told. Some bottles of, yeah. of pop, of cocaine, so, probably in the 1930s. I'm sure you've heard the name Chris Kringle before. We are calling 34th Street. Right. Um, it's a great pseudonym fake name for santa claus but it's actually not even his name it's a butchered version of the name christkindle which is german for christ child um and so uh, the name krish krinkle still is popular in pennsylvania i don't know if it's Anywhere else in North America. They speak Pennsylvania Dutch or yeah. that. Yeah. No. And so this character of the Christ child as a Christmas figure um, who gives gifts, because obviously this isn't a new invention at this point in history we're about to talk about. But as a gift giver, the Christ child was introduced to the Christmas tradition by Martin Luther. Wow. Yeah. Good old Martin Luther. Uh, it was ideally to help kids remember the reason for the season. Jesus. Yeah. And so don't worry too much about Santa Claus bringing you presents. This is about Jesus. The Christ child will bring you presents. And so Catholics in Germany and the German diaspora decided, yeah, this is pretty great. We're adopting this tradition. It's important that it's the German diaspora as well. In fact, it's really not just Northern America. It's really quite specifically Latin America. Interesting. You know, where the Germans ran off to after the war. <laughs> they've got a lot of influence on their neighbors down there i guess mm -hmm. because these the main gift giver at christmas i mean latin america is also very catholic so i can see them liking that well for the same reason they could like santa claus so <laughs> yeah. nazis have a lot of influence Preston. yeah they do <laughs> Ruined a lot of things for the whole world. Right. Mustaches and swastikas. We were just talking, so <laughs> Preston and I were recording this a couple weeks early, as we do, and November just ended, and we had a few friends talking about shaving down their mustaches, and as they do, and uh, one friend said, it's the Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Well, and most men, when they get rid of their mustache, try it. they narrow the mustache <laughs> before terrible. they cut it all off. I didn't know that. Um, to, the Charlie, just, to the Charlie Chaplin. To the Charlie Chaplin. Just to see what it looks like. 
nobody's glorifying terrible dictators or anything. But you can't wear it in public, so no. because of Charlie Chaplin. You may um, or may not take a photo, but it does not stay on the face. That's good. <laughs> Ooh, it's good that men have at least that much then. Uh, <laughs> carry on. So there are some iterations of this Christ child um, that acknowledge that Jesus is a grown man. And so they have this cherubic child figure as an angel deliberately posing as baby Jesus. Divine investiture is a title that, or an idea that gets applied to a lot of different parts of theology where somebody else is able to stand in as Jesus or as Jesus standing in for the Father, depending on your theology. And this is one of those things where that's, that's a, it's an allowed thing where you get to wear somebody else's hat for a divine message kind of deal. Mm. Okay. Because Jesus was a grown-ass man, <laughs> he is no longer an infant. That's true. Um, there's like a historical painting, I'm sure we've shared it on the Discord before, where it's like the nativity and then above his there's manger is there's a cross. <laughs> and you're like, that's horrible. <laughs> a, it hasn't even happened yet. But B, like what horrible foreshadowing. Well, Because Jesus was born into a good Catholic home. I guess, <laughs> I guess so. So... The name Kris Kringle was transferred from Jesus to St. Nick after traditions started developing where Jesus and Nick would together deliver presents and then just forget the baby altogether. <laughs> All right. You know, as one does. <laughs> um, I love this next guy. Mm -hmm. My mom was beaten by Black Peter. Yeah? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so this was my mom was beaten by Black Peter in Germany, but this is also all part of that part of the world. So the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg all have Black Peter as well. Yeah, I'd say most of Central and Western Europe have Black Peter. He's especially important in the, the low states. Um, but yeah, Germany is pretty popular too. So he is this companion character like the Krampus who gives, um, so Santa gives treats to the kids and... Black Peter beats the bad ones. Uh, he shows up on December 5th or 6th, depending on your tradition, uh, remembering that December 6th is St. Nicholas Day. Um, and they would arrive from boat, from, uh, by a boat from Spain. Not Turkey, Not where St. Nicholas is actually from. Um, he, in, in the story of my mother, she was beaten by like a birch switch. Oh, perfect. So, to give more context, <laughs> my mom was an au pair for a very wealthy family in Germany. And so she was, like, in her 20s. <laughs> and the kids just thought it was hilarious. And and she got coal in her shoes, too. It was just so the kids would have a good laugh at Darcia. Poor Darcia. Bummer. Anyway. <laughs> so, Black Pete is supposed to have been one of the many demons in bondage to St. Nick. Which I think is really quite interesting. He was not depicted as being specifically of African descent until 1850 when a little book came out in Amsterdam and they made him look like a Moor. And then it really caught on because, you know, publications move a lot quicker than just weird little family traditions. Yes. <laughs> uh, many versions, even early versions, say that he's got dark skin only because of the sooty chimneys that he climbs down and that he's not actually got black skin. And you know what? I believe it for the part of the world and when the tradition developed. So Pete, or or really any other companion of Sinterklaas, was introduced to the story to make Santa less menacing. They wanted a good cop, bad cop thing because priests, even though they liked it when St. Nick would beat up heretics, they didn't really think it was great for the church's image for the, this for the great priest. saint to be beating children. <laughs> so we could get some sort of demon or yeah, whatever. Now, of course, if you talk to anybody over 50 who went to a Catholic school, you are talking to somebody who either was beaten or saw somebody beaten by a nun. So, Nuns are terrifying. <laughs> Nuns are horrifying. So this... This decision wasn't well distributed, <laughs> or at least not well observed. So in parades and shows, um, this figure that is in some traditions expected to be a black man of Moorish descent uh, is depicted by white men in makeup. Um, this has been normal for a really long time. And only in the last decade, just the last 10 years, 
has any sort of parallel been made with American blackface. They just, you're not changing our traditions. This is why it is the way it is. Forget what the Americans are doing. They're dumb anyway. And uh, enough pressure has finally fallen on Western Europe to say, you know what? Let's replace him with Sooty Pete. Make it a lot more clear why he's black. And let's make the black on his face not so complete. Yes. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I, I I hate to be that person that's like, I shake both sides. But I do, right? Because they, I mean, they had some tradi- traditions, what that word, but the history of slavery, mm-hmm. not to the, esta- uh, the extent of the United States. Well, so we talked about the the Moorish depiction coming from Amsterdam, the Dutch have a oh, pretty yeah, troublesome do. relationship with slavery. That is true. <laughs> um, but as far as I could be totally wrong, that they don't have the tradition of blackface like you would see in American right. vaudeville. Right. Um, and um, it's tough. And I'm sure the last 10 years is because of social media. All of a sudden, yep. posts of their photo at the St. Nicholas Day Parade and, and then people are like, what? flooded by hate. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? But I, I don't, I'm not upset about Sooty Pete. No. I like, I, I like the move to Sooty Pete. Yeah. It feels right. Yeah. It does. We have Bells Nickel is also from Germany. Yeah. Um, you Hopefully, I, I feel <laughs> I like do. a lot of our audience recognizes Bells Nickel from the American version of The Office with Thanks, Dwight Schrute. <laughs> um, and honestly, when I first watched it, I'm like, is this just like a, a weird off-brand Krampus? It's not. Is this just Dwight being Dwight? <laughs> right, yeah, there's, there's definitely the wonder, like, are, are the Pennsylvania Dutch, like, really that weird? I mean, we're yeah. not going to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just Dwight butchering what might be normal for the for the Pennsylvania Dutch too but this is a, a genuine historically celebrated folk figure <laughs> so Bells Nickel came from into being as Knecht Ruprecht a companion of St. Nicholas he travels alone delivering gifts and beatings and in addition to the furs Bells Nickel often has a monstrous tongue yeah you never know what's going to happen with that fella. Um, but it seems like the the evolution from what he used to be to what he is today isn't it is informed by Krampus, I think. Okay. That's the way it feels to me. All right. All right. Last but not least, a bit of an outlier. Yeah, an Italian woman. Mm, <laughs> I don't know why that's the first <laughs> Italian. Guanciale is actually my favorite Italian word. Guanciale. Yeah? What's that? It's the type of meat. Okay. Capocola. The guanciale. Pepperoni. It's an Italian lady in my networking group, and she came home from Italy, and me and another lady just started doing that to her. And we're like, we're so sorry, Mina. Just started saying, guanciale, capocola, mozzarella. <laughs> She took it. Um, she took it very well. Um, That's good. But uh, I mean, I know sometimes she listen to this, and we're sorry for our racial profiling. <laughs> um, it's so we're not gonna... a hate crime if it's not done with hate, and you're not hated by the people who hear it. Right. So we've got one half for sure. We're not doing with hate. Is it hated by the people who who hear it? We'll find, we'll find out. out. So we're going to talk about Bafana. Is an old Italian lady um, who brings gifts to children the night before Epiphany. So we're into January with this. So she's late. <laughs> Epiphany is very important. It's it when is. People realize there was a Christ child. Yeah. So we had um, we talked about this last year at Christmas. I get mad the, about the twelve days of Christmas. The three wise men who. Questionable in wisdom, questionable in number. <laughs> questionable um, in gender. I mean, the, sto- the story said full on they were dudes. That's true. And um, they probably were. But, I mean, the story that tells us of their existence is dubious, too. Um, I think it's a fiction. As a believer, I think that story is a fiction. All right. But anyway, we have this epiphany gift giver. Mm-hmm. So she fills her socks or stockings 
with candy and presents if they're good or coal if they're bad. <laughs> Sounds like Santa. Yeah. Uh, Bafana gets a better deal than Santa 100% because she gets charcuterie. She gets wine and snacks instead of milk and cookies. Good for and her. I mean, as <laughs> someone who feels like an old Italian lady, I would prefer wine and snacks. Eh, no, I do like a cookie. <laughs> anyway, wine and cookies, please. A variety. A, var- a charcuterie, please. <laughs> like, who's the charcuterie? Um... Uh, legend has it that the, that Bafana was approached by the Magi before the birth of Jesus, and there's even rumors that they like stayed with her okay. um, for her hospitality on the way to Jesus. So this this figure is celebrated in Italy. Do you know if she's historically of Italian or like just that Mediterranean descent? I, I mean, I couldn't find a ton on her. Google it now. I'm going to Google it. While he's Googling, um, Bafana also beats people. Oh, good. Um, but for I think for a good reason. She just wants to remain incognito. She doesn't want to be seen. So if you see her, she'll just whack you so you forget and threatened and feel threatened. Yeah, I can't find anything on when, yeah. where she's supposed to have been yeah, from. Yeah, just the... Let's say the Mediterranean, because that would make sense for Zoroastrian priests, maybe, because Zoroastrianism's right on that. Right, well, so the, the wise men are said in the story to have come from the East. So having her be from Italy would give them quite the detour, unless they didn't find her at her home, mm, and which makes true. her home no longer even important. Um, it's complicated and tricky. If you're Italian, let us know. Maybe you'll <laughs> ask me and I'll put an update in the Discord. Perfect. All right. Um, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Or happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. And hopefully your visitors don't lick all your spoons and bowls. Or beat you. And just give you nice treats. Maybe they'll even poop out a treat for you this year. <laughs> Um, One could only hope. If poop is part of your Christmas tradition in any sort of way other than you will have to visit the bathroom as a healthy human, let us know. Yeah. Because I, I want to hear about this. I'd love to hear more about Tia the Nadal. <laughs> or any other poop-related any other Christmas poop tradition. Christmas tradition. All right. If you want to give us a great Christmas gift, uh, we actually would love more reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to us on Apple or have an Apple account or subscription please leave us a five-star review that would be the greatest gift you could give us this year or you could of course give us money on patreon get some of our exclusive content or hit up our store get some of our merch on spread shop and of course give us a follow on facebook instagram youtube don't just follow us on discord join the conversation let's have some fun absolutely um, again, happy holiday season's greetings. Peace, Peace be, be with, with you. you. By the late Middle Ages, the Christian prophecy had fulfilled.